0: Hey everybody, it's Nick, I'm the producer here at Focus On This, and I'm here today to tell you that this episode of Focus On This is brought to you by our new Full Focus Planners, including our new coil format and our brown leather saddle executive planner. you can get them over at fullfocusplanner.com. Now, real quick, this right here, this is my new coil planner. I'm rocking the bold. And uh, I haven't done this yet, I'm very excited. I'm very excited, I'm going to open it up. Super easy. And for the first time, I'm going to fold it in half. Oh, my God. It's – look at that. That's amazing. I cannot wait to get to the next quarter. So I can leave this open on my desk. You should definitely go check them out. The new coil format planner and the brown leather saddle executive planner. It looks beautiful. It's amazing. So go get them today at fullfocusplanner.com. Um,
1: I've got but... some bacteria right here, actually, on my desk. <laughs>
2: you
3: do you, you don't know it but you do <laughs> welcome to another episode of focus on this the most productive podcast on the internet so you can banish distractions get the right stuff done and finally start loving mondays with your
1: hosts, courtney baker and blake stratton courtney what is happening
2: uh, you know, it is another Monday, um, and it's good It's good to be here. I'm especially excited to be tackling the topic for today because it's one we get asked a lot.
1: I think every training that I do with teams when we teach the full focus system to organizations, this comes up all the time. And I think it's because people experience some, let's call it goal dread. And if you've experienced this, dear listener, my friend, maybe you can relate. It's when you dread working on the goals that you've set. You've set the goals and even when you look at the page, if you use the planner, you look at it and you're just like, oh, gosh, that is goal dread. And we experience it because our goals actually aren't goals, at least what we would call true goals. They're actually projects masquerading as goals. And so the question that comes up then is, well, how do I know what the difference is between a goal and a project?
2: Yeah, I actually Blake when we were talking about this episode, I was reminded this was really early on in our podcasting days. We had a call and um, and she asked us about a goal that she had in know was to like paint the trim on the outside oh, I remember of the house. That. Yeah. Do you remember this one? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think I just, I'm going to get her because this is going to be a project. This isn't a goal, you know? And come to find out, actually was a goal, but it just, it, it smelled more like a project. And I, so I think this is like a really real struggle people have um with determining what is, You know, like, I just, I have a lot, we all have a lot of things that we're trying to accomplish and how do I figure out which bucket, you know, things land in?
1: Yeah. And this is important. It may seem like just a subtlety, but it's actually important because your goals are driving where you're spending your time, your resources, right? And you ought to know, especially if you've got a project as a goal, you may be pointing the finger at yourself, feeling like, oh, well, I can't do goals, right? Or I'm, mm-hmm. I can never stay focused, right? And actually, you've just misunderstood that what you've set for yourself is just a series of dreadful projects, right? Yeah. Um, now, projects are necessary, of course, but what yeah. we want to tackle specifically in this episode is just understanding what's the difference. So if you remember Courtney back in the 90s, Jeff Foxworthy has this bit. You might be a regneck if, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. That is a name I have not heard in a long time. Oh, Uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) And you you liked it that way. You liked it that way. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad I could bring that back. Well, this episode, you might be a project if we've got four Mm. telltale signs that your goal is actually just a project in disguise.
2: Okay, so the first one, you're I can't even do it. Like I just the, the image of Jeff Foxworthy is so strong in my mind that I, even to say the line, you know, I'm like mm-hmm. having to work myself for it. Uh, but it might be a project if it's not exciting. You know, this uh-huh. is part of our smarter framework. And it's something that I think makes the smarter framework Really strong, you know, it really sets it apart. Is that your goal needs to be exciting? It needs to be that thing that you have internal motivation for. And, you know, it's got to come from you. You know, this is the thing that's going to take extra energy. Like you said, like it's going to take your resources. And if it is not exciting, it's just not going to happen. You know, it's you're going to have to depend on external uh, motivations and that. Honestly, it's just not going to get you nearly as far as when you have that internal want to with a goal.
1: Right. The smarter framework is what we use to design our goals. And the E, like you mentioned, stands for exciting. It's The reason we say it's got to be exciting is that's just what the research suggests. In Michael's book, Your Best Year Ever, he goes into all these different studies that they've done about okay, how do the highest achievers function? What's true about their goals? And that's where we came up with this framework. So shocker, if you dread doing your goal, you will achieve less. Your, your chance of failure is much more likely. Whereas if you enjoy or if you're excited about achieving your goal, your likelihood of success is significantly higher. All right. So, number two, the second sign that it might be a project. It might be a project if it's about maintenance, not growth. Maintenance, not growth. So, here's a great example. I got this question in one of my last corporate trainings where they said, you know, a lot of what I do or what we do as an organization is just keeping the wheels of business turning. Mm -hmm. And that does take time. So, is my goal, you know, to to do these different things, like to make sure our accounting looks like this or to increase our sales by, you know, 5% this year or whatever that is. And this is the key. If it's about maintenance, if it's just about keeping things moving in business or in your personal life, that's not a goal. You know, like if if I set a spiritual goal and I always... Go to church every Sunday. Let's just say, for instance, I wouldn't want to set a goal, go to church every Sunday, right? Because that's just, it's really just about maintaining what's already there. Now, I still have to put it in my calendar. I, I don't schedule things on top of that on Sunday, right? So it is still a thing, but it's not about growth. It doesn't, it won't require more money, more emotional. Resources or physical resources. It won't require extra time. Your goal is going to require more from you. That's what makes it uncomfortable. Uh, But that's also where growth happens in the discomfort zone.
2: Yeah, I love that. I think there are um, so many examples of things that end up falling into that maintenance, you know, and you kind of know, I think intuitively, you're like, ah, this really isn't a stretch. It's just like, I got to check it off the list to know, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's just a project. Okay, so the third one is it might be a project if it's a should, not a get to. And I think where this comes up a lot is with financial goals. Uh, For Mm -hmm. me, this is where I hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you know, this year – You know, I've set a financial goal and, you know, as they talk about it, it really sounds like, you know, I should be saving money. And so I've made it a goal. It's not like, oh, I'm really, you know, we have this uh, financial goal because we're planning this really, you know, great trip or, you know, we have this financial goal because we're really working to like stabilize our our cash flow so that we get to X, Y, Z, you know, You can kind of tell in just the way people frame it up for you uh, whether or not this feels like a should versus a get to. And again, this is all uh, internal motivation that only you know. But I think being very careful of what's speaking into your goals, you know, are are you letting like cultural things kind of set those for you? Are they things that, you know, you get to do?
1: I mean, for me, uh, household stuff kind of falls into that you know for me you mentioned the the trim my laundry room is kind of doubled as a storage area and it was just out of control and i just i was like oh gosh i really ought to do that i really need to organize that fix that whatever and the truth is that doesn't rise to the level of a goal you know it's just i I would never say oh i get to clean up my laundry room right and so when there's a should, and we'll mention this maybe later on in the episode as kind of a bonus, but for me, I made use of uh, being in quarantine and I just blocked, you know, I literally took like a full day and I was like, I, all right, comment. I'm going to just clean out this thing. And I just got in the zone and I just wiped it out as fast as I could. Uh, but if if you, with your goal, you're like, I just want to get this over with as fast as I can. That's a should and that's a project.
2: Yeah. You know, I I feel like probably everybody out there listening is kind of wondering what about goals that you feel like you should do because your boss has kind of passed those down to you.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's that's the I mean that's the fourth. Uh...
2: Oh, I totally. <laughs>
1: I didn't know if you were leading into that Sorry. or whatever. But...
2: <laughs> yes, that was absolutely setting you up for that transition, friend. Okay.
1: No, that's a great question. That's actually the the fourth sign that it might be a project. It might be a project if, (laughs) is it was assigned, not invented. It was assigned, not invented. This is a huge one, especially because a lot of you listening are working full-time jobs. The majority of your life literally is spent working for somebody else that is handing you assignments handing you quote unquote goals right now i want to talk about this a little bit because if you're you ought to not just accept whatever is assigned to you and say well that's my goal and the reason is because again if it's assigned to you there's there's inherently less power in fulfilling an assignment than creating or inventing and directing this is where I'm headed and this is where I want to go that's a more powerful stance your goals need to be coming from that place of power so before you object I want to explain myself a little bit because I'm assigned tasks I'm assigned goals the truth is sometimes those goals are given to me either a they're kind of in a maintenance sort of project for me like okay what do I need to be doing every day to hit a sales goal for instance other times, what I do when something's assigned to me is I say, okay, how could this work in the smarter framework for me? Mm-hmm. So I've actually gotten, for instance, a sales goal where I said, you know what? It's not exciting, but I want to reword that and I want to own it. I want to reinvent it so that if I accomplish this goal, I'm going to blow what was assigned to me out of the water, but this is really exciting to me. And so I actually want to reach for this, right? So that's an example of if you find yourself, you know, you, this could, could go for the third sign as well a should or a, versus a get to, but, you know, if something's assigned to you, A, it, it either needs to remain in the project level or you could choose to reinvent. But the point is, you've got to come at goals from a position of power.
2: So I think, Blake, what you're really saying with this is like, you can't just leave something assigned as is, you know, because most likely your mindset towards it is going to be, not good. You know, and if you can't change your mindset um, and how you approach it, it really just does. It just needs to be a project, you know? Um, But if you can, you know, work the smarter framework magic um, and kind of change your mind, what what you described right there is that you changed your mindset towards that activity and you turned it into a goal,
3: you -hmm. know? And
2: I think that's a really powerful tip for everybody.
1: All right, so quick review. Your goals may secretly be projects in disguise if they're not exciting, they're actually about maintenance and not growth, they're shoulds and not get tos, or they're assignments. They were assigned to you and they're not something that you've invented or created. What, Nick? What is your question, sir?
0: My, my qu- oh, okay. My question is what? Okay, so what if somebody is using a project as a goal? Like, where's, where's the potential problem there, right? If someone is actually turning their project into goals, what are they missing out on? What's the opportunity cost? What's, what's happening? I have a thought. Courtney,
1: do you have a thought? I originally, wasn't supposed to be on the show for this. I was asking for clarification. So however you no, want to this is, it. No, this is a good question. Let's keep it on the show. So <laughs> this is, I, I think what happens is there's kind of two sides of the same symptom that you experience. The one symptom is procrastination or uh, sometimes outright failure, discouragement, or a general sense of complacency, a, a sense of, I feel detached from my own life and I'm using the planner, but it doesn't feel like it's, I mean, maybe I'm getting stuff done. It doesn't really feel invigorating like they made it sound like it would be for me. Right. It feels like I don't even enjoy my life and my life is just a robotic machine. Mm. The other side of that is the missed opportunity of life design. And there's a thrill to setting a goal that's exciting, setting a goal that you've invented, that's growing you, that's in your discomfort zone. That's not just about doing business as usual, something that you're excited that you get to do. That there's self discovery in there, there's the good kind of pain that you get like when you're working out, and there's enjoyment that you're missing out on. So, I to me, that's what really stands out, Nick is a, a sense of disconnection or lack of progress, or sometimes that can lead to even lower self esteem. And then the flip side is you're missing out on a really exciting part of life just by you never really get to discover what you're made of, I guess, when you keep setting projects as goals.
2: Well, that is a good word, my friend.
1: I'll preach. <laughs> All right, we're welcomed now by Bert Berla, He's joining us via video. This is about as close as it gets in the COVID era. But Bert, how are you today?
3: I'm doing all right. Just, you know, hanging out here in the garage. I uh, just listened to the episode yesterday about creating a full focus workspace. So I've decided to build a, uh, a bike rack out of some PVC pipes to get my kids' bikes off the floor. And I'm really excited about... Uh, how much less emotionally draining it's going to be to walk into my
2: garage. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh We love to hear. I think for everybody listening, if y'all make a change like that or you do something different because of the podcast, we would love to hear about it if you're in the Full Focus community or if you want to leave a review. I mean, Blake says Only it has to be five a five stars, star. Though. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. Uh we love hearing about that. That legitimately really kind of like fuels us up. So, well, Bert, uh, we heard you had a question for us. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So so the question uh, came up recently. I was, you know, it's been, it's been a crazy year, as some of you might know. And um, so I was about two months behind on writing down my third quarter goals uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so I was finally, finally got over the hump to do it. And I, I was having a lot of trouble differentiating between things that were projects and things that were goals. And so I think that makes it really hard to limit the number of goals because it seems like there should be a ton of things that I accomplish during you know a span of three months. So like I want to write them all down, but then like, some of them get really small and some of them are going to take way longer. And I just like, I don't know where to draw the line. And I don't really know what the difference is. And it's, it's confusing.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think out of the gate, uh, your assessment of like, there are a lot of things that have to be accomplished is totally true. Um, you know, in the course of a quarter, you have to get a lot of things done. It's just, yeah, how do you know when something that needs to get done needs to get elevated to goal status, right? That's really right. the question. How do you define that?
1: Bert, you'll have the chance to re-listen to a full explanation here, but really quick, I can restate it for you and and those listening. There are really four signs that the goal you wrote down is actually just a project. and Those four signs are it's not exciting, it's about maintenance, not growth, it's a should, not a get-to, and the fourth is it was assigned to you; it wasn't invented by you. Okay, so you're, he's not in your head. See, this is the advantage of having a video caller versus. <laughs> I wonder how many audio callers were just on the other end, just shaking their head, going like, "Okay." Um, so, Bert, let me let me ask you this: What are things in your world right now that feel really important, but you're not sure if they're a goal or a project or? Or maybe even the question behind the question is, I'm not sure kind of why it matters to sort of make that distinction. Does that make sense?
3: So maybe some of this is actually specific to the type of work I do. So I, I was kind of thinking about that with, with some of the things you said. So I, I'm a, an R&D scientist. I don't really do anything that's maintenance, right? Like everything I go in to accomplish is doing something that we've never done before, and if we've ever done it before, it's not my job. Hmm. So some of that gets a little tricky, I think. But maybe to a certain extent, it's about things that are process oriented, like versus outcome oriented. If that makes sense. Like I, so 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 I. Basically, what I do is I, I engineer bacteria to make a thing, right? So one of my big goals is to make more of that thing. Like that's sort of the overarching aim of what I do, And there are steps that I go through in a sort of iterative fashion to try to get that to happen. And so like some of the goals that I started to write down are like, you know, go through this iterative cycle 30 times. Right. So design a new intervention, build it and test it and, you know, see if I've made progress. On the one hand, like that's been assigned to me, but also like the the particular ways that I go about it are totally up to me to determine. Like that's that's my job.
2: It's interesting. Your situation is really interesting and your job sounds very interesting. And I'm sure, um, you know. Blake and I do that kind of stuff on our side. Oh, yeah. You know? like, A lot of that stuff. No big deal. Um, I've got but... some bacteria
1: right here, actually. <laughs> on my desk.
3: You do. You, you don't know it, but you do.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah, true. Um, but even though the work that you're doing, it, it may be groundbreaking in itself, I still think you have to ask yourself, is what I'm doing just business as usual? Is it maintenance? in a way that like, yeah, that's what I got to do. Cause that's my job. You know, I have to do those 30, I don't even know what you said, 30, uh, trials or 30, yeah, uh, yeah,
3: sure.
2: whatever, you know, to get the outcome because that's my job. But, you know, is that thing, is it doing that 30 times going to take your extra focus? You know, is it going to propel the growth? You know, of, of what you're what you're trying to accomplish you know that's what goals do for us you know they kind of give us that extra push um, and they've got to be smarter goals because I for everybody listening first this is a very common problem you know if you find yourself thinking oh gosh I wonder if I have a project a goal that's actually a project you probably do you know um I think between this and people not writing smarter goals, those are the two most like common things that I hear. So I guess that's my question for you. Is that really just maintenance, what you described, or is that really growth for you?
3: Yeah. I mean, I I guess like it, it could propel our projects forward, but in a sense it's, it's just maintenance because that's always what we're doing. So maybe I've sort of got this backwards in that like, a lot of the things that seem to me to be kind of like boring and like busy work-y would actually be process improvement things where, you know, next quarter, instead of 30 times, I might be able to do the process 50 times. Or, and then, or I might be able to more readily uh, hand part of it off to a technician so that You know they could do a lot more things and i could write a grant or something like that Um, whereas now i i don't have the bandwidth to work on something like that
1: well let you know i think what courtney's getting at is there's a flip side to that coin right so hey it might be a project if it's about maintenance not growth the other side of that coin is a goal inherently is going to require extra resources either your time your energy your focus your emotional state it's going to require more finances, whatever. It's going to take more to do it. You'll literally have to become better either as a team, if it's a team goal, or as an individual, if it's a personal goal, you'll have to become better than you are right now in order, if you have any chance of accomplishing it, right? Because a goal is about who you become or about who your team is becoming as much as it is about the particular outcome. And so you've come to this, there's a theme in some things that you've been sharing about process and stuff. And maybe there are some work-related goals and there's a bunch of projects and like, yeah, we got to do this, got to do this. It's up to you to translate that and make it something that is exciting, that is going to uh, force you almost. You The goal is really a, a tool that's designed to hack your way into becoming a better version of yourself or reaching your full potential, however you want to word it, right? So... I, I've had that before where it's like hey I've got to do here's kind of our goals for the sales team for this quarter so what I did is I created a habit goal that was um, you know I've heard this as a terminology but a keystone habit if you will or a habit that makes if I install this habit all these projects get easier and go better and I become better and more valuable to my company and that's exciting for a lot of reasons right and I invent that I I decided what that's going to be I have ownership over that and so that could be something for you Bert where you go well what do I have control over from a habit standpoint that if I were to install this everything else that I'm responsible for would become easier or unnecessary right or or would or break me through to the to the next level of achievement that you're looking to
3: yeah and I think that's that's interesting the way you put that, because the habit goal you're talking about could have been something really mundane, right? Like it might not have been exciting to do on its own, but it sounds like what you're describing there is that you've like attached it to a larger meaning that is really exciting. Um, You know, maybe it's like, you know, remember to tie my shoes every morning. Well, okay, that's not that exciting, but not falling on my face on the way to work, right? That's
1: if that's something you're dealing with, Bert, um, I have a lot of questions. But you're right. <laughs> not bleeding from the mouth every morning would be exciting. <laughs> if that's your daily experience, yes. No, but you're right. I, I think that is something about habit goals. Not to go off on a tangent here. A we break down goals into one of two one of two camps: achievement goals, these one time accomplishments, or habit goals. Achievement goals are almost always just reading them is very exciting. Because it's like, oh gosh, we're going to do this, we're going to run this marathon, we're going to make this much money, we're going to do whatever it is, finish this big project. A habit goal is almost, um, you know, an achievement goal is a target, it's a direction, and the habit goal is almost kind of a process towards a direction. So it's inherently in and of itself, oftentimes not exciting, If you're going to write down a habit goal, you've got to make sure to spend time on the motivations. In other words, paint the picture of what does it look like when this goal is installed. So you may even write that as a, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z uh, at the start of every workday, or I'm going to do this many fill in the blank every week for the next 90 days so that, da-da-da-da-da, right? You may have to fill in the blanks of what that outcome is because... You know, it's kind of like, you know, I always think of like whenever I'm writing down goals or habit goals, I like to think about Tom Brady because he's just the king of of habits, right? He's just obsessed with the boring, the machinery of greatness. And what's exciting is winning Super Bowls. What he does is watch film all day on Saturday. You know, that's not, that's a habit that he's just gotten into from the start of his career. Um, So anyway, that's, you know, to your point. Yeah, it, it may not be exciting in and of itself. The way you write it has to inspire some excitement, though. So you may need to include the outcome.
3: Like looking or thinking about my, my list of goals for the quarter, like a lot of them are, they are very outcome focused. And, and I guess that, that they're really tilted towards achievement goals. And it's like, I, I don't know how many of those would actually like, okay, I could do that. And then I don't know that anything would be that different after. like it okay, achievement unlocked, but is, is that, am I in any better position to do the next thing? Not really.
2: Another um, thing you might consider asking yourself is, are these goals going to happen regardless of me making it a goal or not? So kind of what you described with your example of like, okay, I've got to do this 30 times, you know, 30 trials or Whatever. If the answer is well, that's going to happen regardless of whether or not I make this a goal or not. That's a key like red flag that it's not a goal. It's not needing anything extra from you. You're just going to get it done because that's your job. It's a it's a project, and you're going to get it done because you're great at your job, right, Bert? I mean, if you can make bacteria, as long um, as you can get
1: those shoes tied in the morning, you're set for the day,
2: right? Um. So that might be another good question to ask yourself when you read through your list of goals.
1: That's a great point, Courtney. I think that's spot on. You know, that's a telltale sign of like, I like to think of the planner or setting goals, not about getting it right, but about, you know, your goals are doing a job for you. Think of them as your employee. They should be getting something done for you. And for me, my goal's job is to get me focused, energized, uh, and prioritized in the direction I want my life to go so that I stay on course towards reaching my full potential. A smarter goal is just a tool to help you do that. So if I'm already on that way, I don't, you know, I don't, it's not going to do anything for me. Right. So that that's a great point, Courtney.
3: One of the sort of related struggles. So I, I I'm on my third planner now, so it is like, you know, tying longer term goals to the, into the shorter term goals and into the daily tasks, kind of, right? Like making that work is, is I think, tricky to, to figure out um, or at least takes practice. But one of the problems that I think I've run into is that I've had too many projects on my list. So it's easy to fill then the weekly big three and the daily big three with things that don't actually contribute to anything that should be called a goal. Um, and so so the needle doesn't move on anything because of like I keep doing my job, but that's not that's not the point. So by editing down, you know, maybe it's just one goal a quarter. Yeah. So that um, so that you can I can make sure it's really something that is going to be transformative to how not just what I do, but how I work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's got to you really your goals should be like, when you think about it, there should be a little bit of like, like, mm, I, you know, a little bit of discomfort, a little like check in the gut, because it's going to need, you're going to need something extra to get there.
1: Yeah, limitation. That That's why that's so important. People say, oh, you know, limiting three goals. That's so, you know, can not you do more? And it's like, actually, if your goal is really a goal as we define it. It's hard. You'll be hard pressed as a, you know, a, a working person to have the bandwidth for more. And, and that's why the research suggests that if you have more than three, it's you end up accomplishing you're likely to accomplish none. Um, I mentioned I don't know if it was in this episode, maybe it was a previous one, uh, Bert, but especially nowadays, you know, in this bizarre pandemic time, a lot of things are shifting, changing. The way we're working is changing. I've intentionally scaled back on my goals. And so I I think I just had two this quarter. I don't think I'll have more than two next quarter uh, just because of that same reason, just because doing business as usual has gotten disrupted. And so that means that projects are increasing. And if projects are too many to keep things in maintenance mode, uh, I just don't have the bandwidth to pursue multiple goals uh, all at once. And you may find you know, at least where you're at right now, that that's the case, you know, um, you know, the goal, you know, you may have a goal of like, Hey, I want to have the bandwidth for more, more goals. So what could I do that would allow me to work faster, allow me to have, you know, more time, more energy, you know, that's where you start looking at other life domains, Bert to think about, Hey, maybe (laughs) I wish I could be doing more stuff, but I'm so tired and my work takes forever. Well, that's a recipe for a potential goal next quarter. You know, maybe it's a a workflow goal where you're saving some more time, getting some more mental or physical
2: energy back. Well, hopefully that has been helpful, Bert. Um, And you'll have to keep us posted on um, how you edit your goals if you do it all. So uh, thanks for your question. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Yeah,
3: sure. Thank you, guys.
2: Like that was a great call with uh Bert. I think this is you know a question a lot of people have. I'm always reminded, or I guess sometimes I forget that many planner users have never gone through our course best year ever. And it really is a great tool. If you feel like you've struggled with this, that it's kind of an ongoing question for you of like, I'm not really sure that my goals are right or you know, that they're smarter, or I'm really confused on a project versus a goal. Best Year Ever is incredible. Our whole staff goes through Best Year Ever every year. Uh, And it's been, I don't know if you feel the same way, Blake, but it's been huge in helping me utilize the Full Focus Planner like to the next level.
1: Yeah, I think it's great. Even if you've used the planner for years, I use it, like you said, every year with our team. This last year, I actually did it a second time. Uh, Me and my wife did it together. It's great because it forces you to slow down and sometimes we can set a goal and we don't realize how powerful it is to think through what actually should be a goal and how do we set ourselves up for success? So often we fall short of a goal, not because there's something wrong with us, or our, our level of discipline, or whatever, a lot of times those issues are not the case. It's actually just a lack of clarity. And that course, as you mentioned in the Smarter Framework, brings that clarity. That's why Michael is famous for saying a goal well conceived is a goal half achieved, because half the battle is just getting it right from a clarity standpoint on the front end. And so, Absolutely. Would recommend that as a supplemental course for you.
2: Yeah. If you found this episode helpful or, you know, actually, if you find that you struggle with this, you know, the Full Focus community, um, send our team a message there. We would love to know um, how we can help you. Maybe there's a goal that you want to share, and the community is a great place to get feedback on those. You can find the community on Facebook. It's just search for a full focus planner, and you will find the group. And thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, they say this is a productive podcast. I would say the Facebook group is the most productive Facebook group uh, on the internet, arguably. So if you enjoyed it, jump in there or share about it on social media. Hashtag focus on this podcast. That helps us out and helps your friends out. You know, you know your friends need help. You're the one that's got it figured out. They need help. So share about it uh, on social media. And uh, we'll see you next week on Monday morning for another episode. Until, Until then,
2: then, stay, stay focused.
0: focused. <laughs> Can I just edit in real quick that I believe this is true. That Bert is the only person who owns a planner signed by both Michael and Megan. What? I, I gave Bert his first planner and he was like really kind of worried and nervous about it. And I happened to be in Franklin recording. And so I gave, Michael has said he'd signed a ton of them, but Megan said he'd, she'd never signed one before. So I feel, I feel pretty wow. confident that. Since they haven't been out, we've been all stuck inside for six months. That it's still probably still true.
2: This is the planner signed by Michael and Megan.
0: yeah. yeah. Here it is. Right
2: there. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, and they wrote you a note. They did. That's awesome. (laughs) Very nice. And you you know, that you should post that in the community. I'm putting me like, what a brag.
0: Hey everybody, it's Nick again, and just real quick, this episode of Focus on This was brought to you by the new Full Focus Planners, including the new Coil Format and the Brown Leather Saddle Executive Planner. Don't wait, we got another quarter coming up pretty soon, so get them today at fullfocusplanner.com.